Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. All right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 25, it says this, Jesus went through Galilee. Jesus is from Galilee. He's a Galilean. Teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news. Say good news. Of the kingdom. Say kingdom. He proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. And by the way, let me just teach for a moment. It's quite often in, in synonymous that whenever Jesus taught the gospel, he taught about the kingdom of God. Oftentimes, Jesus healed as a demonstration that the rule and the reign of God, the kingdom of God is right here, right now. Remember one point, Jesus, uh, there's an encounter where a man is, I believe, lowered through the roof. You remember this story? He's a paralyzed man, never walked in his whole life. And there's the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the religious elite. And Jesus says to this man, your sins are forgiven. All right, The religious elite are so upset. They say, who are you, Jesus, to forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. Now, this is deeply theological. Jesus is God. This is what we call Christology and theology. All right? Say Christology. All right? Many people believe in Jesus, but they don't, also, they don't believe that he's... He's the son of God, all right? He's prophet. He's a healer. There are people out there who are not Christian. Oh, yeah, he's a healer. But for Christians, he's not just healer. He's savior of the world. He is the son of the living God. Someone say amen. So he says, your sins are forgiven. Now Jesus gets gangsta. Say gangsta. No, all right? Now what he does next, he says this. He says, so that you may know Pharisees. So that you may know calling church. Watch this. He says, so that you may know, Pharisees, that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. All right? He says to this paralyzed man, get up, take up your mat, and walk. Man never walked before. All right? Got up and walked on his own two feet. All right? That was proof that he had, for, he had the uh, authority to not only heal, but more importantly, to forgive sin. Now watch this. Healing is significant for us. We need healing in this world. We need healing in our life. But what is more significant than a physical healing is a spiritual healing called forgiveness of sin. You guys understand? Because watch this. Uh, although you might be healed of your body, you have another. You know that the Bible revelation, watch this. I'm loving my message. I love teaching. Revelation says this. There's two deaths. Say two deaths. Did you know that? Not only the death of the body, but the death of the soul. Two deaths. Whoa. All right. Just a newsflash for you. Not only do we have a biological, physical reality, there are supernatural, spiritual realities going on right now. There are two deaths, all right. One is the, the body, one is the soul, all right. But God, is, uh, come, God has given his son not only to heal us of, of our physical wounds, but to save us for our, from our sins so that we have everlasting life now and forevermore. Did I just preached the gospel to you. Come on, someone say amen. All right. King, watch this. Let's go back to the scripture. Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among them. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill and, and with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. By the way, who are you going to bring to Jesus that needs to be healed? Let me ask you that question again. Who are you going to bring to Jesus that needs to be healed? Or who are you going to bring Jesus to, so to speak, that needs to be healed? Look at Acts chapter 10 verse 10 verse 38 in the TBT says this, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. Side note, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. Let me, let me just pause for a moment. I want you to get this. 
It says that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I think Pastor Ronnie talked about this. Maybe I'll teach about it, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot. When we talk about the Trinity, all right, because there's a little bit of theology going on in this scripture, all right. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He's one with the, with the Holy Spirit. Triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But watch it. The Bible also says the same Spirit that took Jesus out of the grave, the, the, the Spirit that raised him from death to everlasting life, is the same Spirit that lives in you today. That is powerful, very powerful, all right. And the Bible also says that we would do works like him and even greater, so to speak, because of the same dunamis spirit, all right? It says this, he did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all, watch this now, who are under the tyranny, say, I know you're repeating, but say say with me, say tyranny, who are under the tyranny of the devil, for God had anointed him. Let's pray in God's presence today. Actually, can we stand together as we are in his presence? At home, you can stand with us. Heavenly Father, we come before you in your mighty son's name. We thank you for this time together. We're grateful, God, for this church and all that you're doing. You are surely at work in our hearts today, in the life of this body today. And Father, we're grateful that you have conceived, Holy Spirit, this church. The calling church was not conceived built by me or my wife only, so to speak, but this church was birthed by you, your will, that your kingdom come in this region, in this area, that your will be done, Father, as it is in heaven. We ask, God, that this message would land on hearts and transform people's minds and lives and gives them hope and encouragement, Lord. Teach us from your scripture. Give us the authority, or I pray that we would understand the authority that we have from your scripture, Lord. The same, uh, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us today, Lord. We're grateful to be together. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You guys may be seated. All right, give Jeremy one more clap. So good, awesome, awesome, awesome. A few stories for you. Um, I will never forget, I'm trying to think about which one I want to share I'll share this one. I'll never forget I, um, when I was probably about 24 years old, 23 years old, um, or no, excuse me, about 24, 25 years old. I remember that I just got promoted. I talked about this, this last week. I got promoted at a job that I had worked for six years in education. It was amazing. And I remember that um, not too in the uh, distant past at that time, my dad had passed away and I'm going to, over this message, I'm going to talk about a little, open up and share a little bit. It's a, it's a soft place in my heart and talk about my father and healing and all that kind of stuff. But my father passed away in 2010 and he had a rare form of cancer. Uh, you know, he didn't live, honestly, the, the best lifestyle. Um, and, you know, it caught up to him. There are several people in my life and maybe in you, in my family and maybe in your own family have lived a certain way and just, you know, caught up with them. That was kind of the situation with my father. Uh, my dad had stage four cancer. I was 21 years old. He's 40. He was 40 at the time. And uh, he had a, a cancer, just a, just a, you know, honestly a tumor on the side of his neck. Now fast forward, my dad passed away and, and is in heaven. He received the Lord Jesus Christ. And honestly, the last two years of his life, excuse me if I get a little, you know, emotional, but the last two years of his life, he did not miss church not one time. He gave his whole heart to Christ. Um, he had struggles. He had battles in, 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 in his life. But I was so proud of him that he really accepted Christ and moved forward in what is really life. All right. Um, so fast forward a few years later at this promotion, this job I had, um, I started to feel sick. I started to feel sick every, or I was just sick every day, honestly, for months, probably for six months. I started to develop kind of like a, not a, it wasn't a cyst or anything like that, but it was uh, something in my, my lymph nodes were just constantly um, just, uh, what's the word, uh, just swelled, sw- exactly, swelled all the time. So much so that I couldn't even sleep on this one side of my face because it just felt like it hurt all the time. But the enemy knows what to do in your life to try to bring you down. So the enemy would put in my mind that you are just going to be like your father. You're going to develop the same sickness and you're going to be like him and you're going to die. And I remember I had this anxiety for months and months and months. I had experienced 
trauma and a little bit of PTSD from the experience with my dad. My dad was young. I remember telling Kareem sometimes and just kind of whining and complaining, Kareem, I don't think I'm going to make it. I think that I have something similar to my father. I was declaring something that wasn't true or something that is false. By the way, the enemy knows what to get. He knows how to scare you. Did you know, side note, that in ancient days and maybe even still to this day that um, uh, shepherds would anoint the oil of a sheep's, their sheep, uh, their sheep's noses actually. They would anoint uh, with oil sheep's no- the noses of the sheep in their pastures, all right. Why would they do that? Because the flies would actually, what would happen, the flies would actually come lay eggs on, on the sheep's noses. They would develop into worms. Those worms would develop and go to the brain of the sheep. And there was a, it was constant pain, never ceasing pain. It would go to the brain of the sheep. And the sheep, the only, the, what they would do is they would constantly bang their head on something hard to try to just kill themselves or, or try to relieve themselves in some kind of way because there was no other way for them to be healed. So what the shepherds would do is they would anoint the noses with oil so that the flies could not lay eggs in their noses and have a result of that. Do you know the same is true with the devil himself? He will try to supplant or put a, a plant something in your mind and in your heart so you would be like that sheep and that you would just have anxiety and riddle with pain and live your life in a way that would just be horrible and, and just horrendous and have terrors. But watch this. I'm here to declare to you that Jesus Christ is here to heal you today and that you can live life, the life that he came to give you, a life of freedom in Jesus' name. You are not a result of your past. You don't have to be, I can share a story, another story with you. I might, I don't know if my wife, I guess I'll hear it later if it's not the right thing. You know, the devil is such a liar. I can't tell you how many doctors have said some, some things to me. Just the other day, we went to the doctor for Caleb. And um, Caleb is six, he's about to be six months. He's the most handsome little boy you'll ever see. Um, I remember that with, with Caleb, he got his checkups late because just the way the insurance worked, they wouldn't. <laughs> I was going to say something mean about insurance people. You know what I'm talking about when it comes to insurance, right? Caleb could not go to the doctor because of just some exchanges with the insurance. So he got his checkups late. And he got his two-month checkup at four months. And this made me furious because what if something was wrong and, you know, whatever. So he looked fine. He's, he's you know, he's normal. Um, at least we think right now. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But but uh, the doctor, you know, the test went fine, all that. They, you know, they did the standard stuff. Um, but we got a phone call as we were leaving Kaiser. And I go, oh, no, what's going on now? And the devil knows that I've struggled with PTSD, losing my father and rare cancer and stuff like that. And she said, uh, the doctor said, she was a little, not nervous, but she just didn't know. She said, you know what, Michael, uh, something came up for Caleb. And uh, I said, okay, well, what is it? And she said, well, something interesting with his hemoglobin. I said, well, hemoglobin, you mean like blood? And she said, Yeah. And uh, uh, she said, you know, I'm going to send this to the geneticist, and I want them to talk to you. And so here I am, you know, worrying and anxious. And, but honestly, during that time, I kept confessing, Lord, I know who we are. Excuse me. And I know your promises and plans for my family. You have plans to prosper us and not to harm us. All right? Excuse me. And uh, the geneticist called us two weeks later. Let me take a breath. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the genetic, geneticist said, uh, called me two weeks later, and they said, oh, you know, hey, you just want to explain this to you. Actually, it's kind of interesting, and it's kind of, kind of cool. And we're like, okay, whatever, you know. So every time an infant's born, at least at Kaiser, they, they, they uh, prick the heel of a child, and they test their hemoglobin. Well, because of the exchange, we didn't, he, we didn't hear about... Um, we just didn't hear the news because of the exchange, you know, just the insurance and situation. And so they said, Michael, actually, we know mama's blood because we've seen her all pregnancy for nine months. We, you know, we've poked her so many times. We know her blood. But, Michael, your family line is special. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, your family line has a rare form of hemoglobin. And I said, is that bad? Is that good? They said, I said, am I, am I part of the X-Men or what? Am I a mutant? What's going on here, you know? 
And they said, uh, no, it has no, has no effect on your health whatsoever. It has 100% no effect on your health. And I knew that God was answering my prayer. It's just something, it's just science. They said, you know, we just want you to know that you have a rare genetic hemoglobin. I said, that's why we're so good looking. That explains it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and they said, the only, the only issue with that is if you, somehow your kids marry someone with the same rare hemoglobin, there can be anemia, so forth like that. Well, I said, well, thank God that I didn't marry my wife. She's not my sister, that things didn't, you know. So somehow in our genetic makeup, I've been trying to nail it down. My aunts, my family's here. I got to talk to them. We might, be, we might be the X-Men family, all right. It's either comes, yeah, and he might come from my father's side or my mother's side. In fact, um, she did a whole family tree, actually, with me. She said, okay, Kareen's out of the picture. But she says, I want you to know your daughter has it too. Your nephews have it, your, your sons, your uh, nieces have it, and your sisters have it. And I said, well, I guess that's awesome. But you know what? I confess the scripture over my life that God has plans to prosper me and not to harm me. He, he knows my future. He didn't create me just to suffer for evil. God is not sinister. And I believe with all my soul today that God has raised me up to, uh, uh, to um, unapologetically preach the scripture and the word of God. Come on, someone out there today. Because we need hope and we need healing in our time today. We do. And so I guess, you know, the doctor, she, she confirmed, you know, hey, nothing wrong with you. It doesn't affect your health at all. This is just science. We just want you to know that. I'm like, amazing. But let me go back to my story about my father. So here I was with lymph nodes that were just sore and just, um, you know, swelled. And I went to the doctors at 24, 25. Just, I, just, I just kept, you know, I kept going seeing my doctor. And I said, doctor, something's wrong with me. <laughs> and they said, Michael, we tested your blood. At that point, they didn't test my hemoglobin, I suppose. But they said, Michael, you're, you're fine. We don't, we don't see anything. I went two more times. And the doctor said, Michael, I don't understand. You're fine. And I said, I'm not fine because I, I can't sleep. I like to sleep on this side. I can't do it because my lymph nodes are, are swollen. And so... Uh, and uh, when, I, when I got that promotion, my insurance changed. I went to a new doctor. And it's probably because this doctor was female, not male. That, no, I'm just kidding. All right? She, she, she said, Michael, I want to ask you a question. She said, well, uh, uh, she said Why do you, where, what do you do for a living? And she, I said, I'm, I work with kids. I, I, I just transferred to a new school and I work with kids. And she said, you know, Michael, I can guarantee you that this is the reason why you feel that way. These kids have new germs. You're in a new ecosystem that you've never experienced before. And your body is just adjusting and getting used to that ecosystem. And that is why uh, you're feeling this way. And she said, the, the, and, the, and I know this was an answer from prayer. She, she said, the, the cancer that your dad had is not hereditary. Don't worry. I knew that God was using her to speak to me and give me peace so that I could sleep well at night. And from that moment on, I slept well, no more anxiety, and I had no more sickness just in, in due time, all right? I want to tell someone today that God is a healer. God is not sinister. God is not a bully. God is not evil. What would God get out of inflicting you? God doesn't, get, God doesn't laugh with the angels about inflicting you with disease or pestilence, all right? But to this morning, we're going to get into it. Uh, and on the online chat, just uh, engage with me, maybe chat with your host. We're going to talk about some, some, uh, top, or the topic of healing, but I want to talk about some questions that we might all have when it comes to Jesus and healing and sickness. Questions like, why is there sickness and disease in the world? Does God want to heal me? And does God still heal today? And by the way, some Christians do believe in Christianity that God does no longer, God no longer does not heal anymore. That was just for a time in the ancient times, in the New Testament Bible, in the early church. It was for them. It's not for us. But I, don't, I would not have started this church today if my God is not a healing God. Someone say amen. God, or how about this one? Does God allow sickness and suffering? 
What is the ultimate purpose of healing? And today I want to help your theology. I want to help your faith because there's a lot of young people, specifically millennials, who are turning around from their faith or turning from their faith or deconstructing. Watch this. Because honestly, their faith is this big. But we got to allow God to do whatever he wants to do. We got to develop a deep faith. We got to develop a deeper relationship with him and grow stronger with him so we know, so we don't just, just, just disown him when difficult times come. Come on, someone out there. All right, so here we go. Why is there sickness and disease in the world? Why is there sickness and disease in the world? It is quite obvious, especially within the last year and this very season, the flu season, all right, that there are pestilences, sickness, disease in every part of the globe. In fact, you could just ask Leah and Ralph. We have nurses uh, here who help people uh, at, I believe, Glendale Adventist, um, and we're so grateful to have them, all right? They're amazing. Honestly, they're lifesavers, literally, all right? That there are pestilences and sicknesses and disease in every part of the globe from malaria to cancer to Ebola to COVID-19 and if you watch the nightly news or read blogs or go to the hospitals we hear of sickness all around but why all right but why here's why first and foremost we can we can't forget that script or the scripture above but let me skip this part of my notes all right There is a domain of good and evil. The Bible says this, that there is sickness in the world because there is sin in the world. There is sickness in the world because there is sin in the world. And do you know that death has entered the world, watch this, through the conduit of sin. When God created Adam and Eve and created the whole world, it was never his intention that we would die. That we would have spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual uh, death or that we would have sickness in our life or sickness in the world. So there is a devil. There is his minions. There are demons. There, this world does not follow, obviously, the will of God. At, uh, and, and so that's why we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, all right? In heaven there is no sickness. My dad right now is completely healed. He is whole. He's forgiven. He is pain-free, all right? At the, at the, in the presence of God Almighty. But God desires that his will will be done in the world, that his kingdom come. And part of that is healing, all right? But watch this. Oh, so there is sickness in the world, all right, because of sin in the world. Look at 1 John 3, 8 says. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Do you know that God, the devil wants to uh, uh, oppress people with sickness and disease? He wants to oppress you in your minds and your hearts. People are open game without Jesus Christ, all right? But how about this one? Does, does our sin invoke sickness in our life? Let me say this again. Does sin uh, invoke sickness in our life online? Does sin invoke sickness? Partly yes. Not all sickness is from sin. Let me say that again. Not all sickness is from sin because good people suffer. But watch this. Some sickness does, a lot of sickness does come from sin. All right. Sin definitely can invoke sickness in our bodies. Watch this. Just from living a promiscuous life or sexual morality, there are things like STDs, all right, out there that people get sick because of sin. And yes, living a lifestyle of sexual immorality, God did not design you to just be with this person and that person and this person and that person. God created someone for you to match not only your, uh, to, 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 to partner with you for the rest of your life to live a good life, all right? You don't, just be, let me just say this, by the way, you don't have to sleep with everything. Come on, someone, all right? We don't have to sleep with every, if we're dating in, in our life, don't mean we have to sleep with them. It's real quiet up in here. That's okay, it means I'm doing my job. Yeah, I like my job. <laughs> all right? It don't mean we have to sleep, I'm going to teach on a dating series next week, all right, it's going, uh, next, excuse me, next year, not next week, that's like, whoa, <laughs> next year, all right, it's like, it's Christmas time, all right, next year I'm actually going to be teaching about that. You don't have to sleep with whomever you date. I'm going to be honest with you, Karina and I lived, uh, I, before my Jesus days, I wasn't, I was, I was living a b- wrong life, and let me tell you, it was fun for a little while, but in, but deep down in my soul, I was hurting, I was broken, and I was lost. 
all right? God wants you to share that special thing with a special someone, amen? And when I was dating my wife, Kareen, we honestly lived celibate. And it was not easy, believe me. I could not be in the same room with the woman alone, all right? But watch this. I, we, I, we, we waited until our marriage night. And let me tell you, we developed emotions and um, just, a, 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 what am I trying to say, a relationship that went way beyond physical. It was spiritual. Someone say amen. You out there. All right. So watch this. Sin does invoke illness. How about alcoholism? Alcoholism and the damages that causes to our bodies, such as cirrhosis of the liver, all right, and alcohol poisoning. By the way, I've had two family members who've died because of alcoholism, all right, who've died because of it. They're drinking their problems away. And it just damages your body. The Bible says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. we got to treat it accordingly and treat it as a gift, all right, that God has given us a gift, all right. But not only, not only cirrhosis of the liver or alcohol poisoning, what about all the emotional damages of alcoholism and drugs to the people all around us? I've seen this in my own life. I would cry out to God, seeing my own dad. I would pick up his own drugs, say, Dad, why would you do something like this? Don't you love me? He would just bawl and cry. I would throw his drugs in the toilet. I would resuscitate him because I've seen him overdose. All right? Think about all the damages that uh, uh, alcoholism or drugs does to everyone around us. All right? That is sin. All right? Not just um, not just uh, alcoholism or, or sexual promiscuity or anything like that, but those do invoke sickness. But how about this? Honestly, toxic emotions that we harbor constantly. What about the emotions of jealousy, envy, hatred, all right? Uh, covetousness, maybe always comparing yourself to someone else who doesn't know you and don't care about you. All of these things leave a heavy, heavy a spirit of heaviness on our life that riddles us with depression and anxiety. Do you know that even doctors say that most illnesses, almost 60% of illnesses come from emotional unhealthiness and emotional unwell or not being well? Do you know that? Constantly being depressed. But watch this. The Spirit of God wants to heal you today so that you don't have to hate someone. So that you don't have to be angry all the time. So that you don't have to hold on to resentment. So that your pillow can be a little bit lighter tonight. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17 that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Someone out there today. God wants to restore. He wants to heal. So yes, sin can invoke illness. But watch this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 through 8 says this. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. Watch this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Now look at verse 8. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Come on, someone. Shun evil. Watch this. I would like to say it like this. Number one, respect God. Number two, retreat from evil. Number three, refreshment will come to your body. Watch this. Number one, respect God. Number two, retreat from evil. And number three, refreshment will come to your bones. Someone say amen. We ought to respect God. God is not a man, or God will not be mocked, all right? If we keep doing one thing and sinning, to, to be honest with you, all right, you're putting yourself in great jeopardy. But watch this. God doesn't want you to have to go to the alcohol, alcohol uh, to the beer bottle. God doesn't want you to have to keep going to drugs. God doesn't want you to have to be going to woman to woman to woman or relationship to relationship to relationship or gambling or to, 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 to whatever it is or just desiring more money or more money or more wealth. God wants to heal your soul so that you would have refreshment in your body and refreshment in your life. Someone and say amen. All right. So, so sickness does uh, uh, come from sin, but not all sin, uh, or not all sickness, let me say this, is from sin. And I'm going to get to that in a bit. All right. Not all sickness is from sin because good people do suffer, unfortunately. But I want to explain that more. How about this question Does God allow sickness and suffering? 
I, I talk about this atheist that I was studying. I, I don't know if you were here last week or watched, but I was studying in the coffee shop with my Bible open because I'm very, very proud of what I believe in and unashamed of this Bible. And an atheist came up to me and said, man, if God is real, if God is real, why does he allow all this stuff? And honestly, you're just mad at God. I, I can't, I, honestly, most people who are atheists are not even atheists or agnostics. I don't have time to get on to that. But a lot of them are just mad at God. They're just mad. Man, if you don't believe in something, why are you so emotionally attached to it? Right? Leave me alone. <laughs> All right? If it ain't real, what you mad about? All right? Not mad. Don't be mad. I mean, okay, walk on by. All right? But he, he, he has a spiritual need, right? He's struggling, right? But watch this. Does, and this is one of his questions. Why does God allow sickness? Why does he allow bad things to happen? And I could flip that on him. I said, why do bad people prosper, man? Right? I want to I I help your theology. I want to help your faith a little bit with this question. It's a deep, deep question. Does God allow sickness? Does God allow suffering? I want this to seep in for a second. There's three, three characters in the Bible I want to show you real quick, just real quick, that is a great example of this question. Does God allow sickness and suffering? First one is Job. Job was one of the righteous men of the Bible. Job did no evil, no wrong. He was a good man. He was an upstanding man. He did no wrong. Do you know? Look, this is why I love the Bible. And Job is part of the wisdom scriptures. All right. God actually told the devil, all right, devil, have you considered Job? All right. God, God uh, told Job to suffer. But watch this. It was something important that we need to understand today. We learned that Job is selected by God to suffer. The devil took his wealth, the devil took his health, and the devil took his family. All right. His wife said, curse God, Job, and just die. The devil swore that if he broke Job down, that he would curse God. That the only reason that Job serves God and loves God is because of God's blessing on his life. The devil said, the only reason this man loves you, God, is because you just bless him and bless him and you give him what he wants. But I guarantee you, the devil said, take it all away and watch. He won't love you. He won't serve you. He'll curse you. But that is not true, and you know the story about what happened. Job remained faithful and steadfast, although Job had his complaints, and he had his bad days, and he had his bad friends who did not help. Job remained faithful. Do you remember the scripture? Job questioned God. Job questioned God. Why do you let this happen? Do you know what God does right back to Job? Job, God folds up in his arms. He said, I'm sorry. Who died and made you God? Who am I that I have to answer you? The God says, where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I created the storehouses of rain? Where were you when I let light out of its abode? Where were you when this happened? Where were you when these things happened? And Job literally is stunned. Stunned. Job said, God says, I want you to speak now. You know what Job does? He covers his mouth. I can't say nothing to you. Because you're almighty God. But watch this. I have to declare to you today, calling church, that God is not sinister. God is not evil. And when God allows sickness and suffering, it is always for a greater good. Always for a greater good. Just like one soldier sacrificing his life for a country to be free. Come on, someone. There's always a greater good if God allows sickness and suffering. It is not because he is sinister. God is not evil. Come on, someone say amen. There is no relationship with light and darkness. And there is no uh, relationship between devil and God. So we learn that there is a greater good. How about David? Now here's one for you. Not to scare you, but to give you reality and truth. How about David? One of the greatest kings besides Jesus Christ to ever have walked this earth and lived. We learn that David became sick. Most likely, scholars say, because of his great sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. Look what David says in Psalms 38. Why does God allow sickness and suffering? Watch this. Sometimes God allows sickness and suffering to teach us a lesson we would otherwise not learn. 
Sometimes God has to knock us down. That's the honest truth. God had to knock my dad down. He was stubborn as a mule. Come on, someone. I'm a little boy showing man, why you do? He was just stuck. And, but sometimes if God has to, he will discipline us to wake us up. Somebody say amen. Watch this. Psalm 38, David, his own words, says this. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. Remember bones again, Proverbs 3 is a great verse. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. So watch this. God was teaching David a lesson because of his sin to try to wake him up. And honestly, his sin was so ugly because of the murder of Uriah, all right? Sometimes God will teach us a lesson by inflicting us. Even the Bible says, it is good that it was good that I was afflicted. God, uh, God wants to wake up your soul. So sometimes he will discipline us to wake us up. And my prayer is that you, you get, open up your eyes before that happens. Someone say amen, all right? Because he loves you that much, all right? How about the the third person, about why does God allow sickness and suffering? How about the person of Lazarus? You remember the New Testament with Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, who the brother is Lazarus. He died. And remember, they reached out to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, come heal our brother Lazarus, the man that you love. And Jesus said, all right, I'll be there. And he didn't show up until four days later. And when he came... All right, I believe it was Bethany. They were so upset and hurt. They said, Jesus, where were you when we needed you? Why didn't you come when we wanted you? Let me, oof, let me talk to someone today. That's, that's you. Your heart is, God, why weren't you there when I needed you there? When I cried out for you, when I did, I really was leaning upon you. But watch this, our minds are this big, and God is a big God, and he's a sovereign God, and sometimes he allows us to wait for a greater good. And watch this, when, when, when he came, when Jesus did come to Bethany, four days late, the Bible said that Lazarus, Lazarus, I said Lazarus, well, Lazarus was dead, dead. He was dead, dead. He, the Bible, he was stinky dead, way dead. But it was only to prove how great God is. Watch this. So, and you know what Jesus does with the family? Because they're so broken. The Bible says Jesus wept. He hurt with them. He was broken for them. If you're suffering today, Jesus not only weeps with you, my friend, Here's the thing that throws atheists and people, (laughs) why does God allow suffering? Do you know that Jesus' nickname is the suffering servant? He himself knows exactly what it is to suffer. God Almighty, you go talk to Buddha, you go talk to a Muslim, you go talk to even a, a, a Jews. God does not suffer, but the God of Christianity bore our sins and took our iniquity upon the cross of Calvary. He knows what it is to be dejected and rejected, to hang upon the cross naked and broken. He knows what it is to suffer, my friend. It's one of the reasons I love my Jesus. Because he empathizes with me and he knows what suffering truly is. But why did Jesus suffer? Why did God condemn his own child, Jesus? For the greater good. So that you and I can be forgiven, healed, and whole. By his wounds, we are healed. Someone give give the Lord a clap and say amen. 
so that he wept with the family. And, and, he, and, and then he cleared his eyes and he, he said, Lazarus, you know the famous story, come out. And he came out like the mummy. You're right. Came out. And you remember he, what he said to them. He said, this was to reveal to all of you that I am the resurrection and the life. So you would all know something greater. Although this was painful and difficult, the greater, revel- the greater, uh, the greater good was that all of you would know who I truly am. I am not just a healer. In me is resurrection and life. And it is demonstrated to you by Lazarus, a dead man that surely stinketh, walking out right out of a grave. Come on, somebody say amen. There can be purpose in our pain. There's stories from our scars and hope despite hurts. I can get emotional right now. It's one of the reasons I named my daughter Hope, Esperanza. Or in Italian, Speranza. Her, her grandpa would like that. Speranza. I named my daughter Hope because there's always hope in the living God, Jesus Christ. She's a special girl, and I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> God is not sinister or evil. But watch this. Does God want to heal you today? Absolutely. God's desire is to heal. In fact, Jeremy, I'm going to have you come on up here. God's desire is to heal. God, you think it gives God joy to see you suffer? No. It gives the devil joy? Absolutely. Why? Because you're created and fashioned by the almighty God. You, you are a masterpiece created by the master, master creator Jesus, or God himself. And he would love to bring down the things of God. But watch this. Does God want to heal you today? Look at Jeremiah 30, verse 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. James 5, 14 through 16 says, Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders or the pastors of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Mark, Mark chapter 16. Verse 17 says that, they, that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God desires to help, to restore, to heal, to give you peace in your body, in your mind, and your soul. The Bible says this in 3 John verse 1 through 2 says this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting well. God wants you to be whole all around in your body and in your mind. Some say amen that's his heart that's his desire that he wants to bring wholeness and the as what I believe that he is the same yesterday today and forever he's the same yesterday today and forever although he walked in Israel and Jerusalem and Judea and Galilee he, he healed people lepers blind people broken people all right he is doing the same thing today so my my thing for you today is just receive it you're not the healer. And now here's this other thing that we've seen in the past and just with Christianity is I'm not healed because I don't have enough faith. Or that person's not healed because uh, they don't have enough faith. Honestly, it's hogwash. Healing is not contingent upon you. Healing is contingent upon the scripture and contingent upon what happened on Calvary's cross. Jesus healed people that had zippo faith, nothing. Because it's not contingent upon them. He watches, he wants you to believe that he can do this. Watch this, but he can do it regardless of your belief or not. Because it's who he is, it's what he's done. It's history. By his wounds, we are healed. By the precious blood of Jesus Christ, by his atonement and propitiation, there is healing by, the stri- by his stripes. Somebody say amen. My prayer for you is that you will believe that God is a healer and that you will receive that God is a healer and that you will receive it deep down in your bones, in your body, in your cells, in your genetics, in Jesus' name. And more importantly, not only do I pray for healing for anyone in the house or online, in your body, I pray for healing in your emotional well-being. I pray for healing for, um, for, from the sickness of sin in your life. That can only come through the cross of Christ. 
all right, that can only come through the cross of Christ. I remember a story. I, at my last job, I was working six years at an education at Baldwin Park, and I met a coworker, a girl. She was really nice, friendly, Egyptian girl named Rita. She's, she's funny and amazing. And at the same time, I, at my fourth year working there, I was my first year at planting the church. I'll never forget, she, she, I got a, she called me. Um, and she said, Michael, I know that you believe in God, and I do too, but I just really need encouragement, and I really want you to come over and bring Corrine. Um, I am 30 years old, and I have cancer, and I'm devastated, and I don't know what to do, and I'm just so upset. Could you come over and just help me? And I talked to Corrine. We went over that night, and I just listened to her heart. She was just weeping and sobbing, and she said, I'm, I'm angry. Why would he do this to me? Why would he allow this to happen to me? Why? I know that my family's had this, you know, in, their, in, their, in the past. And, and uh, I was just listening to her and just counseling her and praying. Or I didn't pray with her at that moment yet, but I was just listening. I remember she was struggling with her faith as, as you know, that's a difficult thing. Why would this happen? And I remember, I remember hearing a cricket just beep, beep, cricket, cricket. And there's somewhere in the room. And I remember just the Holy Spirit at that moment telling me, I want you to use that as an illustration. Because she couldn't see God in her life because of the situation in her life. Friends, let me tell you, just because there's trauma and suffering in your life, doesn't mean God is not in your life. Let me say that again. Just because you may suffer and go through sickness or go through pain or tra trauma in your life does not mean that God is not in your, does, does not mean that he's not in your life. In fact, it means he's probably very close to you in your life at this moment. If all we do is have a theology that God blesses me when I do good, and I do good, God gives me paychecks because I'm good, and he does do that. He blesses us uh, because of our, our, our faith in him, sure. But we also have to have a theology that we live in a world that is broken, and things can just happen. But even in those moments of trauma and difficulty, God shows up. He's a first responder to pain. And so I remember hearing this cricket, and she was like, where's God? And I said, you hear that cricket? And she's like, she was crying. And she's like, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> and I said, where is it? I don't know. It's here. God is, God is here with you, Rita. I'm believing that you are going to fully recover. I don't know how. I can't give you the answer. But I'm trusting in the God that I believe that he's going to bring healing in your life. And we prayed together as she was sobbing. And let me tell you, she's cancer-free to this day. You know, my friend, I have to be honest with you, and uh, I'm, being honest with, I'm being honest with you, and it's a part that's tender to me. I can tell you that when my dad had stage four cancer, I prayed for him. I prayed, prayed. Excuse me. I hate crying. <laughs> Break time. <laughs> prayed for him. It's the hardest thing you could ever see someone undergo. Total transformation and all that. And um, I, I couldn't understand why God would take him. But this is the part I'm telling you is that just because God doesn't answer my becking call does not make him not God. I have to trust that he's good. And the reality of my dad is that my dad has done a lot of bad things to people. And he could have died multiple times. In fact, I've seen him dying, overdosing in my, in my, in my teens God could have allowed him to die anywhere, at any time, at any place. He was also a gang member, tattooed, high sock, uh, what are they, tube, so uh, tube socks and chanclas. That was my dad. Checkered, you know, he was a homie, all right? He was. Wero was his nickname, all right? And uh, I loved him. I loved him. But I, I think the beauty of, what my, the, of my father in this circumstance is that he received Jesus in the last two years of his life. He discovered a life he never knew in most of his life. Came to church, had family with church members, got to know the pastor, and, and developed, and honestly, also, watch this, restored relationships. My mom and dad were never married. They beat the crap out of each other, cuss at each other, 
all, my dad would beat my mom in front of me. I will never forget when my dad, the two years that he was dying, my mom said, Michael, you know what happened today? I said, what happened? My, your dad called me. I said, really? What did he do that for? He said, he was asking for forgiveness. So I have to trust that God knows what he's doing. And although it still hurts, and, and, there's this, and it, um, it's not fresh like it was, but it's something that, um, that I trust God in his sovereignty. God does allow suffering in the world, but it's always for a greater, greater good. All right. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? Or let me just say this. Actually, two scriptures for you. Watch this. He took up our infirmities, the Bible says, and he bore our diseases. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds. I, I just thought, I had this thought the other day. I actually saw it online. They, they developed a body of Jesus and what it would have looked like at his, after his death because of the shroud they so-called so found. And um, they showed this uh, model of what Jesus' body would look like. And this body, his body was completely scourged and broken and bruised. They showed this picture of this body just looked like, I mean, it was went through a grinder. That his body was pierced, had marks, had nail marks, scratches, whippings, lashes. It had bruises. Think about that. The body of the Lord Jesus holds in his hands and feet. Imagine what that will look like. Watch this. So that we would be healed physically and spiritually. Amen. Let every head bowed and every eye closed right now this morning. Father, we come before you in your mighty presence. And we just thank you for those watching online. And if those of you who are watching online, maybe there was a word today shared that just touched you. God was moving um, in your heart about a specific thing I was saying or God was saying. I want you to engage with the chat host right now and talk with them or email us at connect at the callingla.com. But I want to just pray in this atmosphere, Father. I just pray for radical healing right now for anyone in the church. You say in your scripture, Lord, that you are a healing God. Father, if any of us are suffering with ailments and disabilities or uh, maybe suffering mentally, maybe a doctor said something to us, gave us a death sentence, God, we come against that in the name of Jesus, for you are the great physician. And surely there are testimonies in your church, God, that people who should have died, people who shouldn't walk, people who shouldn't see God, have been fully restored and recovered in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you would release a fresh anointing of healing at the calling church. And those that walk in with fear and anxiety and mental oppression and emotional oppression, oppression of the enemy, the devil himself, we pray, uh, we pray the blood of Jesus, God, that those people will be healed. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.